You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Welcome back to this Critical Commentary Watch Along podcast, uh, usually recorded on the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations, where much of Riverdale is shot. Um, today, I'm coming from you in the uh, from the Lelitene Nation, uh, up in the northern part of, of my province. And uh, once again, we have my uh, guest co-host Channing from Treaty 8 territory of the Woodland Cree, Beaver, Dene, and Métis people. Hi, Channing. Hi, Ryan. Are you excited to get into today's episode? I'm so excited. Every time they, they use the, the, the name Uktena and remember genocide, it, I use that as my excuse to go go digging and ramble more about uh, about the territories the show is filmed in. Um, so my, my ramble of today that I'm excited to share is that um, in addition to the territories to uh, that we introduce every time, um, a lot of filming in, in the, the area happens also in the unsea territories of the Kwantlen, Skowepamek, uh, Nelekmeks, and Silks nations. Um, all big natural regions that you've seen in many, many movies, and um, I'm not exactly sure which part of the Fraser River is Sweetwater River, so it's in one of those. Um, yeah, and uh, back, I, I always am delighted when they mention the Uktena, who I've learned um, are named after a mythic Cherokee snake figure. Hopefully with permission, but, you know, we're, we're doing our best, I hope. We can hope if they're bringing so much awareness or trying to bring awareness to the issue mm-hmm. that they would have uh, done this mm-hmm. with consultation with elders and tribal mm-hmm. leaders. We can hope. Right. So even down to, you know, they had a they had a, a, an indigenous elder playing Tony's grandfather in that episode. Yeah. Okay. Benefit of the doubt. Benefit of hope <laughs> that it is consensually named for a Cherokee mythic figure. Um, Art doesn't have the best record with, you know, respectfully handling indigenous mythology and spirituality. No wizard books or anything that we don't talk about anymore. But Fair. this show is part of the change or something. We can hope. <laughs> we can hope. Okay, there's my soapbox. We're three minutes in. Awesome. <laughs> Welcome to the decolonization of the CW gang. <laughs> <It's> the- <laughs> actual theme and title um, i can get on board with that <laughs> yeah all right uh so this episode brought us a, a lot of explanation um yeah we really got we really heard a lot from from percival uh just coming out of the the woodwork mm-hmm. and laying it all like what is this interview why an, why an interview why mm-hmm. why is he documenting this uh, yeah and it's it's got it's really got that penultimate energy. All the cards are on the table. All the players are in place, um, and they they did I th- I think a really fantastic job um, fiddling with the stakes once again to give us a fresh set of threats and danger and, and action coming into the end. Um, I was really impressed by the 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 television storytelling, like the technical writing structure of this episode. Um, they fit so much exposition and made it a delight to watch. Um, in a lot of ways, I feel like this is probably the peak episode of this season. Because in this episode, we we saw the rest of the world. We got to meet the rest of the supernatural 
aspects in play. Everything makes sense now. I could go read the wiki if I hadn't watched up to before here and I wouldn't be spoiling things. Um, it's that it's a narrative sweet spot where I felt like they really gave me the complete Riverdale, Rivervale world of this season, this episode. And I was so satisfied to chew on that. Uh, that big lore dump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was... Uh... It was nice to get the full, the big picture because we've been working on so many individual, feels like smaller mm. storylines this whole way through to get that final joining of uh, uh, the bringing together of the Riverdale, Rivervale universes yeah. and to understand, you know, where they're coming from. Um, yes. Yeah, that's, it's been very nice to, it was, it was nice to get that. Um, there were a Huge couple of things, off. like little things that I, to me felt uh, a little bit off um, mm -hmm. right at the very beginning or at the beginning of uh, Percival's uh, interview, he started mm -hmm. talking about the ancestors of the, uh, not to get nitpicky here, you know, uh, but <laughs> the, the <laughs> hey, ancestors I, and we're it all clocked, about nitpicky. clocked the uh, talking about the ancestors of the Coopers and uh, yes. back in 1580 and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Did the Coopers not emerge about, 60 years ago when great-grandpappy Cooper killed his brother um, because they were the Blossoms and then they, you know, they took a new mm -hmm. name. And so I thought, yeah, they are cousins. They are the same tree. Um, so I thought that was a little bit interesting. And I mean, obviously it might've just been a, a like a, a mistake or mm. maybe there was a Cooper family, but they then tied in with the Blossoms and then they, you know, there was a reason they went back to the mm -hmm. historical Cooper name. I don't know, but I did catch that and was like, mm, no, no, I, I know my story. I know my Riverdale story. I've been paying Often attention. Often better than the writers. <laughs> yeah. So that was a, a bit off. And then the other thing was, it was so, uh, it was quite jarring to see Ethel again. Yes. Yes. I mean, I'm, I, I was thrilled in the moment, but she fits she fit oddly into this world. Um, it worked for how all the Riverdale Rivervale folks are fitting oddly into this world to me. But um, yeah, what do you found her? What how did you find her? Oh, I, I think perhaps maybe it was just the way in which she was introduced. You know, being yeah. so frustrated <laughs> with uh, with Jughead that it was it was very um, it was just oh yeah right you're here. Um, yeah, when we felt, I think we here. felt very much like the Betty and Jughead there. Like, we're just going to leave. We're just, yeah, this is, we're going to go. This is awesome. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is not my storyline. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, but uh, yeah, it was. Always, I'm uh, always happy to see that, that actor getting, getting another day on set or two. Um, I got the faintest blip of her in Stranger Things this season, as they remember Barb exists which is always, you know, bare minimum. But I right. much much prefer Riverdale's. Well, mm, okay, no, I backtrack because there was the cult thing. <laughs> current, current, currently, Ethel is a delightful role I'm excited to see. What was wrong with Barb? What, what happened? Everything that happened oh, to Barb. Oh, yes, everything that happened, of but course. I was thinking more of as a character. Oh, yeah, Barb was a fantastic character. She but great but then she's just bleep, gone they did a little bit of good work i thought just stranger things podcast now in season <laughs> season two um in addressing re revisiting with her parents um but more importantly revisiting just 
however briefly with Nancy having guilt about the dead friends. That's a big component that I thought was missing from the first season uh, with, you know, with, with side characters. And it just, it struck that Barb was such a standout character. They've killed a half a dozen um, very carefully created um, supporting characters since, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, Barb had lead energy. She did. I enjoyed her. I, I agree that we're, we are missing her, her energy. Um, mm-hmm. I also can't help. I feel a special fondness just for, uh, you know, a couple of uh, really excellent bad lip readings um, <laughs> done with, uh, <laughs> with Barb clearly in a, in a starring <laughs> role in them, let's just say, but uh, anyway, where are we? We're, we're, you know, there is a, I think there's a reason we're talking stranger things while we're talking about Riverdale right now, because Legit. we have the, the crossover of worlds. We have the cross of the parallel dimensions. The, uh, there Legit. are some, uh, we've got superpowers. We've got, we definitely have some, some elements here that are shared between the two shows. Um, we have some wild magic Chris, uh, Catholicism happening all twined in with this all, which um, for as much as I can say, please go wild with the Catholic mythology. Aguirre Sacasa has as much claim to that as I do, but I am all for um, some Catholic myth. That that stuff is my my history, and I'm going to wreck it real good. <laughs> yeah, and on that, um, Polly, um, Polly washing away the MAOA gene. That that was an interesting scene. Um, and then Betty seeing her her aura again, I mm-hmm. I really I enjoyed that. Um, even if it's just mm-hmm. for the sake of what uh, you know, when you believe something, like whether that's yeah. spiritually or otherwise, um, mm-hmm. it, it has profound effects on you. Um, if you believe you're yep. getting better, you can get you know the mind over matter thing. Really, is uh, mm-hmm. there there is something to that? Uh, whatever you ascribe that to, there's still something mm-hmm. to that. Whether it's a psychological phenomenon or something that you ascribe to religion it's, hmm. it was it was Actually, nice to see i um i i worked on some research around this in a lab when i was in university and my do my psych degree um we were looking specifically at um beliefs around healthy eating and how that might influence your your choices so i was literally warming up a room full of cookies to stick undergrads in um you know nice big prompt they had permission to eat as much cookie as they want. Um, but the only thing we changed was we gave them a, a you know, factual, bland essay that uh, basically said you have a lot of choice without what, with your body, health, weight, shape, or um, it's very predetermined and difficult to shift. And it's amazing that regardless of the, the person's belief, they, sh- they shift to eat more cookies or eat less cookies depending on which essay they've just read. It's a uh, po- suggestion is really, really powerful and not just the Percival uh, way of things. Um, Absolutely. I loved the breakdown of his power on our, our um, adult character martyrs as well. This, this episode watching, watching Alice um, sort of dip in and out of full Kool-Aid. Right. Yes. That was, that was nice. Um, is Alice no more? I, I would buy it at this point. Um, you know, they, they got a lot of points from me for 
killing half their cast, even if they necromancered them the next episode. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm primed as an audience member to believe that um, both that these characters are can die in the consequence, and um, narratively, because of what they gave us this episode, um, Alice needing reinforcement, Alice just being on the edge as that interviewer pulled back in, it really hammered home the magic and suggestion underlying Percival's influence and kind of answered the question that, you know, he's using susceptible angles, but these people are fully under control. It's not at the end of the day, their own biases that are, are allowed to steer. Um, especially when it comes right down to Sheriff Keller, uh, ready to execute his son. Um, but in the same scene, playing his own life in connection with Kevin as a, as a, bartering chip Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that was a very um a touching part there and Mm -hmm. uh you know same thing to see i think uh you know reggie doing Mm -hmm. what he needs to do or trying to do what he needs to do for his father as well um just really touching lines may i ask i'm trying to remember Mm -hmm. i was a little bit shocked so i think it is the first was this the first line we got out of jason Season six, uh, second to last episode. This is the first one I remember. This is the first line I can remember from Jason. And I had a, I had a brief moment after the shock subsided thinking, man, that actor, like, he's been waiting a really, really long time. I thought for <laughs> sure, like, they asked him questions, and I thought for sure somebody was going to interrupt him, you know, Polly was going to yeah. interrupt. We were going to have a... a Jason was going to be almost like a, like a Wilson, you know, we never get to see yep. his face. And in this case, we never get to hear his voice. He, uh, yep. um, I guess, uh, you know, maybe for, uh, for, for our audience, maybe I should say more of a Maggie Simpson. <laughs> but, yeah. 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 Well, I think Wilson from the nineties sitcom home improvement starring some asshole, Tim Allen. Mm-hmm. And, um, also Wilson from the Tom Hanks, uh, volleyball film, another silent watcher. Both probably over your head if you like Riverdale, to be honest. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> probably, but yeah. Let's people go still understand it. The Simpsons, right? Yeah. That's still. I hope so. Maybe. Well, am I, am I cool? Whatever. Am, am I still cool? Uh. It's still going, right? I think. <laughs> yes. Somehow. So. Uh. Anyway. Should we watch still this? Going to. Yes. Um. <laughs> I'm excited. This is our this is our last season finale. That. Presumably, assuming nothing changes, this is our last season finale, because it's a series finale next year, and this that's a-, a whole different ballgame. Yes, and just to be clear, this is the episode before the season finale, am I? Am Correct, I- yes, 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 thank you. Penultimate. Yeah. I'm thinking of these last two episodes as, uh, <laughs> this is the tee up for that for, for next week, really wonderfully, I think. Right. Yes, you're I'm right. I'm looking forward to it. It's my it's my last penultimate season instead of penultimate series there. <laughs> um well, let's queue up recordings, gang. Um if you are watching along with us, um now is the time to uh get it loaded and uh it's plenty of time for you, right? Counting down to hit play in 3 2 1 Ba-doom-ba. That's the Netflix noise in case you're watching somewhere else. Somewhere totally legal and licensed, I'm sure. 
Uh, yeah, this scene cued me right up. All the answers are coming up. It's it's a good tension in the room. Um, uh, just a note from last time. I think we were remarking on uh, Archie's longer hair, and it looks like he kept yeah. it this episode. Hey, maybe it is natural, or maybe poor KJ finally had his follicles burnt to the to the ground. Six years of getting her hair bleached and reddened is is a rough is a rough go. And here, the Uktena shout out. Thank you for remembering that you did that cool plot once and and could do it again. This is tangential. I was expecting Mr. Cipher briefly to be um, possibly one of the ancestors or someone else, but no, having him just be alternate universe Satan as the the gift giver and this whole thing being kind of a cosmic fluke and accident. I'm really liking that payoff, that um, that direction of growth. Even Percival really was not super in control of anything happening. No, it's all just a riff on an accident, which is, uh, mm -hmm. you know, caused by love. <laughs> Friendly love, romantic love, we don't know, but uh, it has altered the universes. Yeah, that's kind of, uh, never heard that one before. <laughs> also caused by Hiram. Because let's not forget, True. if Hiram didn't yes. try to blow them up, then they wouldn't have needed an interdimensional intervention to keep them from dying a third of the way through the season. But I, I do, I love how this episode brings all of our Rivervale episodes back into play, especially, and gives us an epilogue for each of them. Mm -hmm. Very genre-appropriate epilogues, some of them. It really does also give us um, some some more hope for that uh, La Llorona. La Llorona. I'm going to stop now. Um, but okay. yes, <laughs> I failed many times before I got this far on that pronunciation. Sorry, yeah. Spanish speakers in the in the audience. Yes. But um, yeah, I don't. Tony and Fangs and Anthony. That's what we didn't get this episode. That's the. I think that's the one piece on the table we really didn't revisit at all. Um, everyone else is in the middle of a crisis in a really nice way. We start this episode. Um, with everyone in a place of stillness and preparation, we recap, we state, restate the stakes, we restate the events. Um, I thought it was very cleverly assembled to 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 tie the season together, to make sure we remember the the important bits. It's everything that a recap usually does, except an an original continuing beat of the story that also achieves a recap without saving money on a clip show or something cheap. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would agree. And you know what? We need it. This season has been so action packed. And, you know, with mm -hmm. each episode in River Vale being its mm -hmm. own story. Um, yeah. I mean, yes, we've been reminded of it through the, the various powers that our, our heroes have. But I think we still needed that refresher. Um, in fact, much. I know we still need that refresher. <laughs> I can't remember why there are two jugheads in the uh, in the other universe. I I, I gen I'm gonna have to go back mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and review that. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> well, and and that other jughead ends up being the one who made the deal with the devil. Oh, yeah, we've Satan ate Reggie in that world. 
Uh, you see, it, and it brings back, like, this Mr. Cypher character. He suddenly has some stakes and weight again. These horror things that I accepted as isolated and went off. Um, hey, there are consequences somewhere. And that's yeah. neat. That's something that I wasn't expecting them to, to circle back to so well. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed with Percival's monologue throughout this episode. It's a dialogue, but really, it's a dialogue with Alice. But really, it's his. It's, it's his. a forum for a monologue. <laughs> yeah, it's an evil villain speech, TM. Definitely, I um I found, I found the way he played this in some ways to be a bit childlike and not yes. in a bad way, but in a way that yeah. just it's 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 simple, um, yeah. or it it appears that everything is so simple to him his mm-hmm. wants and desires is uh his plan it's all just it's a very simple straightforward he, it's it's mm-hmm. perhaps influenced by the uh the joy that he seems to find at just being presented this lucky confluence of events um yeah. yes but yes i i kind of i enjoyed that aspect of uh of this character this round i completely agree with you on the childishness especially later in the episode where his his wants start to be just stated and and you really see it, it's such a neat core for this character who they've built as very um very literally polished almost and we've expected he's the devil he's been that mm-hmm. tricky mm. <sighs> and stakes go up um i love the punch of having veronica walk into her home base and discover it's not hers anymore like as action film beats Fabulous. Mm-hmm. I think I'd faint. No, I, I mean, if I didn't faint, there'd be an awkward conversation. <laughs> and she gets the angel glow. I, you know, I think it's the angel glow, glow as much as the poly that takes her out. Yeah, possibly. Um, it would be quite the surprise. Mm-hmm. Oh, really, the, of all the things that she's surprised by, you know, doesn't faint at the <laughs> sight of the trash bag killer in the mm-hmm. uh, killer con um, yeah. or any of those terrifying things that she's been through. But, uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Sister Angel. I I was quite excited, actually, with um, with Betty's arc in this episode, how it's sort of queuing up for the, for the next in that... Um, I'm seeing I'm seeing the value in wrapping her trash bag killer plot as the, you know, a few episodes ago. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much um, emotional weight they had her sitting in through these last few episodes until it until this one uh, mm-hmm. unfolded it all. Paid off several played off several seasons of built up um, world building intention wonderfully. Mm-hmm. What a great scene acting against himself. Good job, Cole Sprouse. As opposed to your Riverdale. Mm-hmm. The fact that he just wandered through is also... The fact that Jug- the Dale Jughead just ate the burger. Vale Jughead, who is supposed to be in the, the um, purgatory box forever. It's like, a door? That can't go anywhere bad. <laughs> yeah i i like how much this this jughead uh the rivervale jughead 
knows is just just completely in the know. We mm-hmm. need this. We need we yeah. need a narrator. And you know how perfect to fit him yeah. in as the narrator. Um, but within the story, within the scene, in this case, um, we needed that. So I appreciate right. that. Yeah, fantastic realization of the the Jughead role, but within world, within genre. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm holding my back so myself back so hard from speculating about next year because I know I can't even begin to guess whatever they're going to pull out. <laughs> and we're in we're we're still in some pretty good stuff. We're 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 in good enough world lore that I'm actually like. I'm really psyched about this world they've built. And um, I hope they, you know, I'd be shocked if they don't play with it a little bit next season. But maybe we'll go back to an absolute status quo. It's, you know, I I put nothing past them. There are no rules. (laughs) There are no rules. I don't leave the bunker much, like, ever. So many good um, sort of flat straight man statements that that really um, these characters really explain the world to us and each other. Mm-hmm. It's very, very nice. Smartly done exposition because there's so much bouncing around. I'm I'm I was never bored this episode. It's 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 a challenge to make um, exposition this this fast paced, this constant Um and the way it's weaving, woven together, just mm, slick. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm also in this scene again. Runs with so on Team Ethel. Uh, this is um, I will say though there are some elements of the uh, world blending. You know, if you see yourself, it's going to cause mm-hmm. a a uh, cataclysm. It's going to have problems that. Uh, Maybe it, it's maybe I've just been watching a little bit too many of these uh, um, time bending mm-hmm. parallel universe uh, <laughs> crossovers that uh, I'm, I'm starting. I'm not bored of it. I'm just <laughs> full of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very capacity, satisfied. Yeah. I'm ready for dessert. Um, I felt like this was the protein dish of our whole season. This is the real meat and potatoes of the world and lore, and and I'm at my most, you know, engaged in questioning, and I'm ex- I'm hoping for dessert next week. Something sweet and clean, or messy, whatever. Something that tastes good. Should be, and it will be interesting. I am I am excited mm. for the war. I, I know that sounds that sounds yeah. dark, but <laughs> I am very excited to see how this comes out and and have a bit of act. I mean, we've had some action, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, yeah, it'll, hopefully it'll be a little bit different next round. Well, we, by the, you know, by the script promise of the genre that they've, they've leaned hard, so hard into, um, we, yeah, this is definitely unseated territory around me here. Lovely forests. Um, yeah. sorry. Uh, blah, blah, blah. um, they've, so last week, or the week before, I had just watched Umbrella Academy, and it threw me all out of balance because this show is a great parody and homage to that type of show. Um, they did really well here. It's easy to stick the it's 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 easy to to, to flop the landing in this genre, like they're dealing with a perilous genre for wrapping things up neatly. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So maybe we'll get a season seven with just, you know, one or two hangover superpowers. Maybe mm. we'll get a, a season <laughs> seven with, you know, that's just slightly out of, out of sync with everything that we've seen so far. Like, mm. um, like, I don't know, Veronica continues making absinthe and everybody is high as a kite for, <laughs> <laughs> for a duration of the, uh, I kid, of course, yeah. but. <laughs> I mean, they've done weirder. They've done way weirder. Yeah. Cheryl and Veronica have done weirder. That would be recycling a plot line, actually. <laughs> true, true. Not that they haven't recycled plot lines before by our third cult I guess different types of brain control mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some of um some of Polly's best scenes here um I've always thought that act that that actor her performance and her character style are a little too um bright and Riverdale season one for a lot of the 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 following um content she's gotten to work with um but like suddenly she she swoops in as like Betty's saving guardian angel of good advice and and it it was so lovely like this is this is who Polly's always been but this is this is her moment for that to be exactly what we need. Mm-hmm. I always felt though that that sort of bubbliness that we got from Polly really mm-hmm. kind of um, it fit the the naivete that her her character yes. had. Even if, Absolutely. even if what she was dealing with wasn't bubbly, just, um, yeah, there was something almost childlike to it that, uh, would remind me of it. Like it fit in the sense that it was, it felt naive. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I, I think, I think that might be something I'm, 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 what I'm loving here to put a word to it, that we have this naive young, pretty, smiling, blonde woman who has been no to slaughter in the past seasons. And she's um, she's in such a power position here, such a beautiful power position. Um, you know, she's the naive person who's been through it and is still that same sweet person somehow, partially mm-hmm. thanks to Cheryl Blossom. Mm-hmm. The Phoenix. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yeah, as if I wouldn't be able to access Reggie's just not that good of a hostile takeoverer. Fortunately for them all. Indeed. Mm. I guess, oh. I, I love that she's the one watching and the only one watching <laughs> during this ploy of it. Oh, no, we got the boys. I forgot about that already. I'm jumping into the future, thinking about next week. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. This was a, a bit. In this was intense, you know. That the, very. What a what a. Put it back on Reggie to to make this decision. I really felt for yes. his character at this moment, um, having to uh, having his bluff, I guess, exposed in that way, and and having yeah. to be the one to make that call when you know really he's trying to save his father and get the medical attention that his dad needs right now. That's yes. That's hard. Well, I assumed this heart attack was a fake out to get them in the room. That was my guess. Because our beat at the end of last week, where they're, I got a knife and nothing more. Ah, um, yes, yes, yeah. 
still, how it all plays out, I mean, yeah, he wants, Reggie's dad needs to get out of here. This poor man has the least understanding of anything that's happening in this world <laughs> right now. <laughs> yes, that must be a little bit <laughs> bewildering. <laughs> oh, hey, it's the police sheriff. Oh, it's okay. Mm, his son. Ah. <laughs> Loved the return to Alterna Britta. Um, horrified by the fact that she's apparently an unsupervised caregiver who now hold, uh, holds complete control of the Blossom assets and manor, maybe? Maybe. Um, but, uh, oh gosh. As much as this explains everything, mm-hmm. I really do need to go back and rewatch things. Because I'm yes. trying to remember where we ended up with, uh, mm-hmm. where is Abigail again? Oh, Abigail died. She went into Nana's body so she could die. So that she could die. Um, Oh, yes, 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 yes. And I guess that hubris of Nana jumping into a new immortal life, it's a great epilogue for what that story was, I think. Um, That's fair. That is fair. And, you know, I I didn't hate this depiction of of disability and dementia. Um, It wasn't played as a punishment for her. It was just the state. You cannot change the reality you're in, necessarily. But it's not because of anything she does. There's no guilt. She's just very old. And that's a very normal part of aging and dying. But in this case, not dying. So... (laughs) Mm -hmm. Hmm. This was... um... I think it was interesting. So I'm just making sure that I wasn't missing anything. We are starting mm-hmm. to get Tabitha expanding her powers now that she knows she's an angel yes, um, and yeah. using the, the mind speak as well. And uh, that was a little bit, uh, not that it's a, hmm. it was just a little bit of a surprise. It just, it threw hmm. me off. It threw me off ever so slightly only to remember that, Oh yes, she's an hmm. angel. And so she's just recognizing that she's more powerful than she ever knew. Now, in world, I think that actually makes a little sense because she's been partnered with Jughead for the last several episodes. I don't think this is her power evolving so much as her her learning to use Jughead's power to have oh, a sidebar conversation. Interesting. Yeah, because she doesn't hey, have to project if he's listening. That's fair. And since Jughead's already used to listening constantly from his time uh, without hearing. But does he respond? Right, because I, she she I, says, yeah, like yeah, she does res- she does hear his thoughts back. Does she? Yeah, not? yeah. I think that's where again I was just mm-hmm. getting slightly slightly off balance for just a second, only to remember she is an angel, and I suppose yeah. again I totally <laughs> expected Jason to get cut off here. Yeah, it, it, sitting in that perfect pose. Uh, yeah, I I didn't just, notice how ridiculous this portrait pose was. <laughs> just about to speak and then to get cut off, but no, he, he mm. did get. We finally know. Finally a line. And um, we're back to the exact same space where we had everything laid out just a few scenes ago. But it's dark. Archie's alone. Cheryl's here in crisis. Um, Structurally, this episode, fabulous job. Bringing us right back to the actual scene where everything was just fine. Showing us how not fine things are. Several steps down. Mm. Well written. Just thinking yeah. back to the uh, 
the actual blowing up of the train tracks. He really mm-hmm. does not get far away from that bomb before he decides to detonate. That <laughs> <No. laughs> really, uh, you know, <laughs> just minutia here, but that really did feel a little bit like a, oh, not a call I would have made, but I suppose, a, I suppose Archie is technically, uh, he's explosion um, proof. He, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess he wouldn't care, but oof. It would, it would at least, you'd think, be a little unpleasant. (laughs) Flashbacks to six seasons of a messed up Betty. Archie sacrificing messed up Betty. That Betty has some guilt. That other Rivervale Betty, she's got some some stuff to um, deal with. (laughs) But that's not our Betty. We've made it very, very clear. I love the structure of this making um, like the sibling dynamic. I'm brought back to this, like talking to a kid through guilt and shame. Um, It's so, so sweet. And it's so sweet to see Betty um, vulnerably get support that she needs and deserves. That's custom for her. Um, I didn't realize, you know, it's, I guess it's the contrast that they've done this season creating the, the, the hardest nails FBI agent, the serial killer hunter, um, and then giving actual weight to her feelings and emotions and traumas. Here we are. Mm-hmm. The good stuff at the end of the season is healing. That's my yes. favorite bits. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. I was talking with some friends about you know, ten year, TV 10 years ago, what we were watching, and um, looking back, how much Game of Thrones hurt to watch as a viewer. You know, I uh, shows like Handmaid's Tale, shows like Breaking Bad, I, I really value them as arts and as stories. But looking back, those were stressful viewing experiences. And it's it's so refreshing to, for a show to, to clue to me that they're going to take care of their characters. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you, you well, not funny that you say that, mm-hmm. but I mm-hmm. realized that very early on watching Game of Thrones that this was not something yeah. that I could do. I could yeah. not take that pain at that time. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it's not the first show nor the last that I think I'll tap out of that. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Care about, let's care about our characters. Let's see the healing. Let's see the growth. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, exactly. Those are good stories too. Yeah. And that's that's what we want. You know, they've they've pulled six seasons of trauma. That's the payoff I'm ex- I'm hoping and expecting in the end of things. Like the rough the rough gross healing bits are so good to see. Well, and even through some of those seasons, though, we still saw a group of people supporting each other, and you know, yes. using the what they had yes. available to them. It wasn't. It wasn't great, and there was, you know, sufficient enough trauma that, yeah, some of these people are, you know, a little messed up. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly Betty and what she has internalized as being her fault. Um, mm. But, yeah, it's – it's it, the support has been there the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, my apologies yes. for the possessed chihuahua noises right in the background. <laughs> um, that's my beautiful little Hi, girl, Moo, and uh, – and I think somebody else moved their foot. So, anyway. <laughs> three dogs tonight, right? All three of them, you know, you could buy the biggest house in the world and they're going to be somewhere within 12 <laughs> square feet of me. 
this is the good, the best, the best choice to make. Back to personal story. Um, I liked the menace that we get. Um, something about blatantly saying, blatantly saying absurd things. That's a that's a neat power trip for the to give the character. Mm-hmm. Just admitting all of this. Mm-hmm. And to just casually throw in Rivervale, like just yes. giving us a tease, giving Alice a teaser of what <laughs> is yet to come. Um, yes. Because the the audience of RIVW does not know what we know. So um, for mm-hmm. him to for them to fill in not just us but the viewers mm-hmm. at home is quite nice as well. It's a nice, it's a good touch. There's so there's a couple of beats to this. Alice is fully ensorcelled, and we see her struggle with it a little bit. But there's there's a studio audience, right? There's other people here, and there's presumably people listening and watching at home. I am really wondering, and I hope we we we. I, I'm assuming they will touch on this some way next season, next uh, next week. Um, who else is watching this, and where they're at in in ensorcelment? And is, is this an extension of that power, or is this about to explode hilariously on him? <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Nothing like being an uh, an interdimensional wizard by just telling the farmer down the street that. He's about to wreck your stuff. And, <laughs> and the town will take care of the problem. Maybe. Hmm. Such an interesting thing that they brought up that he tried to buy Archie Andrews' house. Like, yeah. Why, why that? Um, mm-hmm. I'm wondering what the, uh, the significance is there. Yeah. Looking, you know, if, if we take the the everything is super representative River Vale beat, you know, I, I assume Archie's house would would have a lot of the character traits of Archie and Fred's that we've we've lionized so much. Um, you know, in 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 River Vale, it's not Archie's house anymore. Archie's gone. Um, I guess Betty's probably the sole <laughs> sole owner of a lot of that real estate. Veronica and Betty own that town. Um, yeah. Uh, presumably he could identify Archie's a, a player and um, we've certainly seen how many different ways he's special to this town. Mm-hmm. Kudos to the show for not um, not making KJ Appa too special and too protagonist. Like, he's a character in a great ensemble cast right now and um, high risk when you have a a straight cis white lead that is introducing you to a world that they really take over the story. Um, I like how they've used Archie a lot this season. Mm-hmm. He's he's present, he's participatory, he's showing his values. He's not struggling with them, he's living them. Mm-hmm. And that's neat. Mm-hmm. I don't see that very often. No, oh, you're right. That is a great observation. Mm-hmm. Well, this scene was a bit strange. Um, yes. Types of weird Catholic genetic memory that I didn't know was still tucked in there. Original sin? Bath? Feet? Ah, a nun told me something once, but it's all blurry. I'm sure I've said this before, but the only reason I actually went to confirmation class was there was a cute boy there that I liked. <laughs> I have a similar story. <laughs> Hmm. 
<laughs> I love oh, that. Yes, let's just call let's call it as we see it. And um, yeah, but don't worry, it's a heaven thing. It's a heaven ritual. It'll work. And I bet it's nothing in good advice because that's yeah. a fabulous beat in our superhero story. The the power of confidence and belief. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you think we're settled on? Is Betty evil inside? Like, do you think we'll resolve that this season? Because that's been... They've grown that way past its original scale. <laughs> Great curse for other Tabitha. I wonder if she remembers to take her out of this. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Hopefully. And not that Riverdale isn't... Rivervale isn't perfectly messed up and... Many, appro- many matching ways. She'd fit right in, Loop Tabitha. Yeah. Hmm. That's... It's amazing how often, uh, <laughs> the last few years especially, thanks Marvel, we've seen uh, another version of a character, like two people from different world versions of themselves talking to themselves and talking to each other, and it's... Yeah. I guess it's zeitgeisty right now, but it's a lot of fun. Um, same actors, different, different, everything. Mm-hmm. That would be a lot of fun to do. I would think to be, um, mm-hmm. to getting to play with the character in that many different ways. And, you Usually. know, after you've played so many seasons of, mm-hmm. of Riverdale, Jughead to get to switch it up. Very much, and I liked how um, the the Rivervale characters kept a lot of the affectations of their from their episodes, like. This Jughead does not talk like Riverdale Jughead. Nope. Yeah. <sighs> Matter of fact, check this. Yeah. Or, of I... course, you could just be uh, Cheryl, and then you can just switch within an episode because, you know, sometimes <laughs> you're a good guy, sometimes you're a bad guy, sometimes you're just chaos and in, in, incarnate. You, yep. you just... You, Cheryl is a wild card, so... <laughs> Cheryl just gets get to play the... many, yeah, many different hats and roles. Yes. Wear many different hats. Madeline Petch gets to have fun. Hopefully. I assume she likes all the triple threat musical singing and dancing. Some people are pushed into this, but um, she sure tries hard, so it sure looks like her heart's in it. I don't compliment these actors enough. They do, They do fabulous things with the most ridiculous material. Like, you know how Star Wars prequels, they've got these amazing actors, Natalie Portman and Ewan McGregor, and it's just enough to make that horrible text tolerable? They do this every season. It's magic. Yeah. George Lucas is not great with dialogue. This is a thesis statement that I will stand by. (laughs) I love the consequence of Jughead's, of the deal Jughead made that didn't really have its full payoff back in the episode. I didn't expect seeds from that far back to be paying off this much, more than just a reference. Hmm. Again, so we see that the healing has happened. It is proven. So this is an ominous metaphor? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I love how they played it. It's already very too late. 
And there's, you know, there's not necessarily any actual connection here. We have, there probably is. That's what they're finding. But, you know, the, the, the ominous failure of everything, that's for building tension, wonderfully building tension for us. Okay. Now, this is Veronica who murdered Reggie for power, right? I love this, Veronica. <laughs> trying to wrap something around in my head thinking mm-hmm. do the parallel universes so remember how tabitha was doing her time traveling and she yes. said that out of like a thousand oh. chances they've got two where they're going mm-hmm. to uh to win yeah two scenarios uh there's a part of me that's wondering like are these universes in mm-hmm. the same chance like are they right are they tied in that way? Um, right. But that sound seems, I'm not going to think on that too hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not going to think on that too hard. It definitely seems like the sort of connection where, you know, one world blowing up is going to take them all down as far yeah. as the stakes for everyone. Fair. But um, we also, I, I, I like that when time and dimensions are, are are separate powers. Like I don't see it very often. It usually gets muddied. But Jughead is clearly portal hopping through spatial dimensions, and Tabitha is clearly restricted to time level. Uh, I hope I hope that is as smartly thought out as it seems to be and looks looks. Hmm. To Interesting observation. Good catch. Mm-hmm. And also that you know the Tabitha of this world. She couldn't have. She couldn't be dealing with the same set of visions because she's in a completely different given circumstances. They lost their Percival. This might have been their story, except right. it got shunted off to Riverdale. Well, it sounds like it was going to be their story. Uh, yeah, <laughs> which only makes us should make us wonder, perhaps, if perhaps there is a mm. Riverdale Percival, and he's running somewhere mm. amok in Rivervale. Because everybody oh, is fine point. interesting. That I have, be a twist. I've been long expecting them to pop off that the genocidal General Pickens was just Percival. Um, that said, yes. that's a very that's a very complicated bit of history to insert this much fantasy into. Um, many ways safer and more sensitive to to not dig into that. I suspect, um, but they've done a lot of ground laying for this jerk Percival. Mm-hmm. Whether it is his family, whether it's Riverdale Percival's descendant, maybe it does yeah. tend to feel like it it diminishes things to a certain extent to make it seem as though there is one evil person rather than um, yes, you know, plethoras of evil people. Um, the mm-hmm. um, the the things that this could have been bred from the. Uh, mm-hmm privilege that wealth that the Percival would have inherited um, from yes. a great general, you know, great, great grandfather, <laughs> General mm-hmm. Pickens. But uh, again, mm-hmm. as you said, let's try not to go <laughs> too deep there. Yeah. Talk, oh, we don't talk about the, um, you know, the ongoing generational value of slavery and genocide or anything. That's that. We don't mention that part of it. Right. Oh, <sighs> Such a you mentioned you said childlike earlier. This breakdown, this laugh, this creepy, creepy laugh. 
so childishly petulant. So, so petty. So petty. I do think this, this season, they did take some, they took, they took some great creative, um, journeys, side, sidebar journeys in, you know, in giving us a union story and in, in, um, poking around the, the, the Americana pastiche culture, um, and giving us these ambiguous threats and villains. We believe that Alan, that Alice could be, you know, that this could be 10% Alice, 90% Percival, or 50% Alice, 50% Percival, up to a point. And it slow boils us into dealing with you know, the, the the very, you know, questionable reality of a lot of these characters of, are would they do the right thing? Would they, can, will they be pulled into something horrible and fascist? Mm-hmm. You know, real contemporary questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> Hate those. Ethel speaks truth. Good, good truth. She does. I do feel, um, I do feel for uh, Riverdale Jughead and Tabitha, though, because uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I I do want to get out of the room eventually. I really do. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a great epilogue beat for those characters. If we don't go back to them, which I'd be shocked, but it's a great epilogue beat. Yeah. For their episode. And it's always great to see Shannon Purser back on the show. Yeah. So they brought Moose back to play a moral balance. I'm hoping that's next season setup. Yeah. Season if we don't completely a... abandon this, as we yes. have done, you know, from season to season in the past. Yes. I'd be shocked if we keep our magic powers. Or at least our superpowers. Maybe Cheryl gets to keep just her witching. Because now we have Heather and Sabrina in this world, for sure. And you know what? Uh, that has been a... that There's been an element of that in seasons past as well. So that Absolutely. does track. Absolutely. And it, it leaves, it leaves um, nicely ambiguous um, any question of... Is Sabrina a bleeding influence of Rivervale? Or is that actually a Sabrina in Riverdale? Right. Uh, we, we, esta- we nicely established Sabrina as this interdimensional uh, being in all times, which is great in her show. She becomes the queen of hell. She cuts herself into pieces. She does all the dimension stuff. It's great. Okay. Um, so th- they could be any Sabrina stepping into our Riverdale. That is true. Yeah. And maybe they'll explain Heather to me next week. <laughs> I think Heather might just be a childhood love. It, it, it's possible. Okay, but then how is she going to get back in love with Tony? Answer that question for me. Hmm? Don't Happy lesbians do not uh, follow up make for me with Tony season. Fair. I'm, not that I want Heather to be, you know, evil minion. That would be rough on Cheryl again. But, um, yeah. I wonder how that's going to go. Oh. <laughs> that is lovely. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Just this... follow me into the abyss. 
I yeah. like it's like they know they 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 know Mr. Mantle's just stumbling blind into a crazy shenanigans and <laughs> and give him I love when they linger on him for just a second. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Oh, that explosion is all lighting and pushed uh, air fog fans. Awesome. That's why Archie could stay so close. It still made me nervous, <laughs> but that's... <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well-placed side lighting flash to make it look real close. Someone blew up the train tracks. And the kids... The, the, the kid wants to take his ball and go home. It's such a tantrum. And we get an unraveling, tantruming Percival into the end. It's great. Yeah. I like the... Um... The Donnie Darko reference, only in the sense that mm -hmm. it brings me back, like it reminds me that these are people who knew each other in high school. It just brings that yeah. high school element back, right? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. There's a familiarity that they, they don't, they haven't forgotten to re reinvigorate and update. I imagine no small part of that is this, this great cast, you know, working, working together this long. Mm -hmm. Ooh, and then the stakes go up again. So I believe they're dead. I'm sold. I'm, if they are dead, I don't believe that they're beyond resurrecting at the moment. Like, it's just, when's the last uh, time we truly lost a character? Midge. Season three? Three? Yeah, uh, no, two maybe? I was just I think thinking, yeah, two. possibly two. Yeah. And, you know, we've, we've, we've thrown in, we've thrown in and murdered characters since, but. Oh, sure. Like, from but... the, from the original story cast. Yeah. They've, yeah. they've been quite gun shy with, I mean, uh, with even those characters. Holly, we've lost and now we have her back and. Um, yeah. Yeah. It just seems to me that, uh, and we have this, the Phoenix. So of course we have, uh. <laughs> The ability to bring them back but we also don't know what the prices are for those as was yes. mentioned last round oh yeah and knowing <laughs> that as well is a fabulous little setup because there's a there's some consequence might not pop off till next season but there's some consequence to jj and polly being here and presumably those same rules you know would apply to these three these three adults also i'm not sold cheryl will keep her superpowers past the season you know, this all came with Percival from Rivervale, so, so this much depends on how they end it. Fair. In some ways, though, I mean, Cheryl has always had the power to just burn everything to the ground, so there's not really... True. <laughs> it's, it's I mean, she metaphor. might be able to do this on a whim at this point, but she kind of <laughs> did that anyway. I mean, she did burn oh, the house do down her with house. her mother inside, <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's a power. super power for her. Fantastic, you're she's right. She's an arsonist. She, yeah, she's, yeah, she's an arsonist. <laughs> well, so next week, um, bringing it all together, I'm waiting to see what Tony does. Tony and baby Anthony, I'm looking at as a as a plot plot team right now, and I'm ready for that big reveal. They were conspicuously silent today. I'm here for it. I am too. Well, thank you for having us again, joining us today. And uh, yeah. Ryan, as always, this is a pleasure. Mm -hmm. Thanks for being here. Uh, Chloe's doing great. Um, 
small chance that Chloe will be able to join us for a little section of next week, depending on uh, Baby Noah's sleep schedule. But um, Baby continues to grow and thrive and be adorable. Like a sack of potatoes, but the most entertaining thing ever. It's weird, babies. (laughs) Well, see you next week, gang. Or hear us next week. Eh, something like that. Bye, gang.